Hello fabulous followers and welcome to this month's edition of Totem Talks. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, I know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about facilitation skills. Because Facilitating. that's what's on our marketing plan for the month. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, I think we've got two def- different definitions of facilitation because you facilitate in one way and I facilitate in a different way. Fascinating. How are they different? Well, are they different? I don't know. But um, you facil- maybe the context is different. You mm-hmm. teach facilitation skills generally, would you say? Sometimes. And I would be the practicer. Practitioner. Practitioner of said facilitation skills. So I would go further than that. So yes, I do teach facilitation skills. Yes, both of us facilitate groups of people getting towards an outcome that they want. For example, Mm -hmm. a board meeting, a project meeting. I also facilitate learning experiences, workshops, training. Now that's a little bit different. Yeah, that's true. Because that's That's not a team trying to get somewhere. That's me as a learning facilitator trying to facilitate someone's learning and application of that learning so that those are your different things. Thank you very much for clarifying that for me. You are welcome. You are welcome. Um, So where do we want to start with facilitation skills? Well, the reason I put this on the marketing list as yes, Mm -hmm. uh, is that clients come to me to ask, you know, what actually does it mean to be a good facilitator? And again, I think we can talk about that in terms of facilitating a learning workshop versus facilitating a meeting, um, the principles are very, very similar. Are they? Yes. There's only slight changes when you're actually delivering learning content. Um, Interesting. Because uh, maybe what's helpful to to split out is if we think about what to facilitate means, it's to make something easier. Right, yeah. Too facile is French to to make something easier to... Oh, French, dear mm, listeners. Oh, a little bit. Um, yeah, to, to smooth a process towards an outcome. So if I'm running a training course and I want to teach you how to give feedback to your team, then yes, I've got some tips I can share with you, but that might take up a quarter of the learning experience. Much more of that time is you saying, well, how can I use those hmm. tips and what stops me from using them in the first place? What are my fears about giving feedback? How do I overcome those fears? How can I prepare myself? So the facilitation part is just helping you think. So it, it's much more like a coaching skill. Hmm. Fascinating because I don't do any of that in my facilitation. Well, then let's talk about what you do when you're facilitating. <laughs> I was about to say drive people to the point I want them to get to as quickly as possible. Um, but that is kind of the point. That is kind of the point. Um, no, I think when I'm facilitating, you know, say say a group of people, I, I wonder if maybe the difference is the, the spanners that can get thrown into a learning environment actually can be quite varied. Whereas when you're facilitating just a meeting and you have a vague idea of where you need to come to or what kind of agreement you need to get to. It's much easier. There's a much tighter kind of um, brief, if you like, Mm. on the conversation. You're not going to just say... To say, we're not talking about that today. Yeah. So park that. Park that. So it becomes more of... um, What's the word? Not sharing. Herding cats. Herding cats is a good one. Yes. And and sharing. You are chairing a meeting. You are chairing in that sense. Yeah. so yeah, I think because my my facilitated meetings generally tend to be 
yeah, there is a purpose here and it's it's not quite as experiential or, you know, random, if you like. But it's the same thing in terms of that absolute. So we can talk here about a key facilitation skill is that utter drive to hit the outcome. You have asked me to be here because you want to make a decision on where you're going to go with this project or what your five year strategy should be or how you want to define your values and culture. You've given me that brief. I am going to be a dog with a bone mm. to get you to that outcome during this meeting. It's almost it's almost as if you're not part of the meeting. Exactly. You know, you, you that's not your concern. What the the conversation that's taken place to some degree, you might have an opinion, but it's really not your concern at all. Well, and it's much harder to facilitate or chair a meeting when you are involved in it. Again, mm. like with coaching, it's hard to coach somebody on something when you're good at it or you mm. know a lot about it it's much easier to coach someone when you know nothing because you can say well I don't know anything about what you're talking about what do you think you need to do if you are personally invested in the conversation you're going to find it very hard to chair facilitate coach mm. one of the key things about facilitating is being outcome focused what else have you got to share so I guess if I run through a list of what good facilitators do You've got to be outcome focused, absolutely, because they're saying, well, where are we trying to get to? And critical to that is that it is not about you. The number of people I work with who say, you know, well, I need to deliver this great outcome or I need them to see that I, you know, I, I added value. I, I made a difference. I'm, well, the best facilitators, you almost don't really want to notice that they're there because they're pushing you towards that outcome, but they're not involved in the conversation. So it's not about you. It's about creating a space for other people to get where they need to get to. So focus on the outcome. Focus on what that means to get there when it's not about you. Listen. Oh my gosh, listening is the most important thing here because you're listening out for themes, for potential conflict that's not being unearthed, for questions that aren't being asked. You're listening with your eyes as well if you're in person or you can see people on screen to look out you like does that person look like they're not sure about that does that person look like they don't agree are people kind of starting to break off and have their own conversations and, and what does that start to indicate so an incredible amount of awareness of what is going on in the room to then either share that observation to sense check it and again dog with a bone how are we doing on getting towards our outcome so then the skills also become about sharing observations asking questions and keeping a check on the time at all times. Mm. That, that particular one is, is very useful. I used to have a chairperson that said, if you can't make a decision about something in two hours, you can't do it at all, so stop. Um, I think he was probably right there. So in your experience, how do you see those things play out? Because we're, we're going to talk about some tools that are really helpful, but I guess before that, I'm interested in like what you can relate to from what I've said or where you've seen those uh, skills have been helpful. Uh, I, I think where where I find it most relatable is in, I think you've talked about um, almost being unseen in the room. I would talk about it. You, you need to lubricate the conversation. You don't need to drive the conversation at all. You just need to be there, be hyper aware of everybody in the room, particularly those who don't speak up. Uh, quite often they're thinking. They're not just quiet. You know, they're actually, and it's, they'll drop something in every now and then and it will actually be worth probably three or four times more than the the gabber gabbers over in the corner who just 
keep talking for whatever reason. So you need to be hyper aware of everybody in the room. Um, you need to have a, a good degree of, I think it helps when you know the team a little bit. So if you've done like some kind of pre-work with them beforehand, mm -hmm. so you understand the personalities, the dynamics, you might, in the conversation, you might understand uh, how the relationships work within that group as well. Mm -hmm. So when you go into that room, they're, they're not just four complete strangers to you. you. You do understand the team a little bit. That helps. Yeah, just keeping keeping a distance. It's like keeping mm. a good 75% of your mind away from the conversation and just mm. making sure that you're focused on each individual in the room uh, tends to get you the best results as a facilitator when you're working with uh, you know, groups who are haggling away to a particular result. So what I find fascinating is that you've said the same things I've said with slightly different language. Yeah. And that's what's so powerful as well from a learning perspective is so if I were asking you, okay, well, how would you use the the key things I've just said a good facilitator needs to do by you putting that into your own language? That's you engaging your brain, you bringing it to life for mm. you. That's why facilitation is so important in a learning environment. Because if somebody walks away from a workshop and says, oh, Helen said this, Helen said that, Helen said this, that's no use to them. You don't own it, yeah. Right, I've put it in my words. Absolutely, and I think that's that's why a good facilitator won't won't drive a particular outcome because the group won't take ownership for it once the meeting's finished. If the facilitator's Absolutely. done a good job, there will be no language at all that the facilitator has used in the day that the group walk away with. Um, it will it will be completely owned by whoever's you know come to whatever decision. Yeah, and that's the issue with many, many trainers, facilitators I meet is that they're so keen, either, either they've gone into this because they love public speaking, they love being the center of attention. And so the idea that it's not about me and I don't want them to take away my language, that's an ego killer, you know, mm. what, I don't want to do that. Or they're not necessarily, you know, very egotistical and want to be that center of attention, but they believe that their role is to have that impact and make that difference. Whereas to believe that their role is just to make a space for other people, that's a huge shift. That's the difference between pure facilitation and training. You know, training, you do have specific things that you need to impress upon people. And it's up to uh, the facilitator to know when teaching is the right thing and when facilitating that learning to so that someone takes ownership of that, that particular principle yeah. is the right thing. And my issue with trainers, pure trainers who are like, look at me, let me tell you all my content, let me talk at you because mm. I'm teaching you something. You're lucky if I'm going to remember 5% of what you said, probably yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. Talk way less. Give yeah. me space to think. Give me space to own it. Give me space to apply that learning. Mm. So pure training in the traditional sense or teaching going back you know, most teaching in schools these days is, is a lot about facilitation. Mm. So that idea of training is about me standing up and me being the center, it's, it's just not how it works. Mm. And yet there are still many people I meet, all of the people I interview to work at Totem, a huge issue is that trainers come to me instead of facilitators. Mm. And I can't work with trainers. Yeah. So we've talked there a bit about how this stuff comes to life. I know particularly for you, there have been specific tools that have been incredibly helpful in facilitating. Um, I feel like maybe for me at Six Thinking Hats, it's been most useful. And for you, maybe more rounds? Rounds has been really useful for me. I think in um, male-dominated, ego-driven, it's very important to, as a facilitator, I don't care about the group at this point, I need to extract as quickly as possible everybody's 
key drivers, key fears, key hopes from the meeting, you know, what they want as an outcome. And so rounds is a good way of doing that. So the idea is that you give everybody in the group two minutes uninterrupted speak. And as a facilitator, you need to be hard on the uninterrupted because a lot of people will try and chime in and you just, you just, you, you shut them off. You shut them off. Difficult the first time you do that. Really easy the second time you do that. And um, you see, you do two things in that. One is, like I say, you you hear what everybody actually is aspiring to from this meeting. You can hold that, therefore, in one hand as you guide the conversation. The second thing is that everybody gets a chance to say what they've been sitting on for however long it is that they've been waiting for this meeting to happen. So if you're in a particularly difficult meeting, so you so you say so you're going say so you're going through a a HR process or someone's being performed performance managed um there's often a lot of emotion tied into those kind of meetings and for someone to just have two pure minutes to just go vent actually it's quite cathartic for a lot of people so you can see the tension levels just drop down and i guess thirdly actually thinking about it 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 i don't like this phrase but it stamps your authority as the facilitator mm. over the meeting, it's it sets the dynamic between the group and you quite nicely. So it sounds great. I think it's worth perhaps explaining in a bit more detail how to run it. So how do you set up that each person has two minutes uninterrupted? So, yeah. So like I say, you, you, a few people do it using um, like the magic ball or something. You said, or the, or the pen. Whilst this person has the pen, they, they get uninterrupted talking. So... In a group, you're sitting in a circle or whatever you've arranged. Um, the pen passes from everybody and you get two full minutes uninterrupted to just say your piece. As a facilitator, you'll time that. You'll give them a little 10-second warning and then click. The pen moves on to the next person. And depending on the size of the group, it can take a very long time. I mean, you know, a 15-person group, it will take you 30 minutes to do rounds. But it will be... And that's one round. That's one round, And you'll exactly. often do more than one yeah, round. Yeah, you, you can often do, you know, two or three during the day, depending on how long it's going to be. But it gives um, everybody the chance to say something and it gives you, a, as a facilitator, a, a great tone and feel for the room. And if you can do it two or three times during the day, you can actually see what kind of progress you're making. Mm. And people can just bring, and I don't think we've addressed this point yet, mm-hmm. or I think we're making progress here. You know, it's a really, really clean way of of checking in with everybody. Absolutely. And just to clarify, we've said here rounds of two minutes. You could do a round of five minutes, oh, a round oh, of one. ten minutes, one minute, yeah. 30 seconds. You know, it, it's about getting equality mm. in the room. And as you talked about people being able to vent, what I find most powerful about rounds is, as you say, the fact that people are uninterrupted. Because what you'll find is people are so... If I don't say this really quickly, I'm going to get interrupted and I can't usually say what I want to anyway because that person always talks over me. And you kind of see the shoulders drop and go, oh my gosh, I can actually speak mm. and think and speak and think and not be interrupted every five seconds. Mm. And that's incredibly powerful. So for anyone listening, because I get asked this question all the time, what can I do when I'm talked over all the time in meetings? I feel like certain people in the meeting don't get to speak up give this a go Mm. like what if we just said in our team meeting we're going to have a go at rounds each person has one minute uninterrupted round we go to talk about what their challenges are at the moment or what they think about this project Mm. really interesting Mm. 
I would say on the back of that, it's really helpful if at least one or two people in the room have done something around active listening. If, uh, you know, I can think of one particular gentleman who just loved to put cotton wool in his ears. I don't know where he went in his head, but yeah, very difficult to work with those kind of people who are just like not listening, but and they're just waiting for their turn. But if one, if you know one or two people in the room are actually going to be listening, it's really, really helpful. Particularly later, you can almost see them as allies, mm. therefore, as a facilitator later in the meeting. Um, so yeah, look out for active listening. It's a really interesting point about the waiting to speak because I see that in a learning environment as well because often you'll do, you know, let's get into breakout groups and discuss these scenarios or think about how we can use, if I use feedback again as an example, you know, how to put this feedback into practice um, and people come back from those and you, and you do the debrief and you can tell that there's a bit of a, well, I'm not speaking at the moment so I don't need to listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go and play checkers in my mind. Exactly. Mm. So just to have that actually if you do listen into what the other groups are saying in the debrief, what extra might you pick up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've noticed even recently, because it's still a bit of a novelty for me going back to face-to-face workshops, challenging people to say, listen hard to what each other group says, because I want you to tell me afterwards what you've learned from what they've said. Mm. And just challenging that has been really interesting. I mean, that's actually, uh, where did we do that? I'm just trying to think where we learned that. There is one... I went on an active listening training course many, many moons ago. And in groups of three, you had to listen to a conversation, uh, a one-way conversation, and then you had to relay to the other person who had already heard it what you heard. So you could compare notes about what it was. You know, your your task was specifically to listen to the speaker. The other person's task was to engage with the speaker. Okay. And when you compare notes later, actually what was said, and then the speaker's sort of sitting there to one side saying, no, that's not what I said to either of you, in mm. fact. You know, it's, mm. That challenge of active listening is really quite intense mm. if you want to like fully involve yourself in the words that are coming out of someone's mouth. Um, anyway, sorry, we, we drift mm. once again into it. Well, I find it fascinating because I saw yesterday at an event um, somebody asking in a really incredibly vulnerable way this is something i'm facing personally i'm finding it very difficult i wondered if other people in the group could help me you know the great level of vulnerability and because people didn't quite listen to what she asked for they plowed in they gave us so much advice that was completely irrelevant because they didn't really listen to what she was asking for Mm. so yeah listening people important yeah not as easy as it looks yeah so then, so rounds, then. brilliant tools, yep. six thinking hats. I like six thinking hats. I like the banana one. Is it a banana one? <laughs> it's not a banana. Is it a, not a banana? It's a different tool. <laughs> is that a different tool? Oh, I'm sure one of the hats is... There's a yellow hat. Right, There's no okay. banana hat. Uh, Would I'm... you like a banana hat? I'd like a banana. Um, <laughs> no, I thought there was... There's... Anyway, sorry, I... We'll get we'll get to should the banana. Should we go back? We'll get to the banana hat. Okay. I'm sure there's a banana there's hat. There's no banana hat. We'll get there. Start off with very similar to rounds in that this is about uninterrupted thinking, or at least you're not allowed to interrupt each other. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do it one person at a time. We're going to do it one way of thinking at a time. Mm. So this is really good. Say you want to review an idea. So I'm going to put an idea out there that this totem Christmas coming up. Um, Totem, we're going to go away to Disneyland Paris for our Christmas event. I'm going to put that idea out on the table. 
Mm. Mr. Finance sat across from me, doesn't look too happy with this idea. So uh, before we just get into, well, I think it's a good idea. Well, I don't think it's a good idea. But have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? That's how most meetings go. And it just turns into a bonfire. Right. Incredibly inefficient, waste of time. So Six Thinking Hats says, let's go six different ways of thinking. First of all, everybody say what's good about this idea, the positives, the benefits. Mm -hmm. So you get everybody to say, what are those? If somebody says something and somebody else thinks, well, no, I disagree with that. Nope. Stop. No interruptions, no um, responses. Mm. Let's just get everything out. What are all the things positive about this idea? What are all the things that are negative or the risks or the downsides of this idea? What is the data that either have we got questions about the data? Have we got data to share? Are there some facts that we need to talk about? So again, we're getting all of that out on the table. Positives, negatives, data. Another hat, and these don't have to be in this order. You do whatever order feels helpful. Another hat is around creativity and ideas. So you might say, okay, maybe Disneyland Paris isn't right for us, but what other ideas is that sparking? Or how do we think we could make this idea better? So it's kind of a creativity from it. So your creativity hat is the banana hat. So the reason I know that is because in a in a six thinking hats driven meeting one time instead of what creative suggestions could we come up with someone literally threw in a banana and said we should be inspired by a banana be inspired by a banana it's, it's that well, i'm not sure is it lateral thinking disruptive lateral thinking disruptive so that's lateral a specific thinking. tool on its own is yeah. disruptive lateral thinking yeah it's not part of six thinking hats oh that's a shame i really like the banana trick we, we can just talk about that separately. No, 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 we'll be here forever. So, yeah. okay, fine. Sorry. Another hat is emotion. Mm. Like, what's your gut reaction to We're the idea of going... We're not going to Disneyland. We're not going to Disneyland Paris. There you go. It's your gut reaction. I saw it on your face. <laughs> um, we need to get those out. And sometimes that can be helpful as your first one because... Oh, yes, it does. Right. Let your little lizard brain go to play. Oh... Right, no, I've said it. it. We're not going to Disneyland. Yeah. I don't want to go to Disneyland. I think it's too expensive. Yeah. We're not doing it. I've said that. Now we can go through, well, what are the positives? What yeah. are the negatives? What are the... My adult so, brain can take over. Yeah. Right. Mm. So sometimes it's really helpful to get that gut instinct. What's your reaction? What's your emotion? Um, because the challenge is that people will not say what their emotion is, but try and use all of the other stuff to back up their emotion. Whereas if we get them to say the emotion... Now let's move on. Which is literally every meeting I've ever been in ever, yes. possibly the last 40 years. Yes, because Ugh. that's how they run. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous that any of us spend time in meetings go, well, I think this, well, I think that, well, I think this. Well, it's this not is true. a complete it's, waste of time. You feel this. Anyway, Wisdom. On. Wisdom. Wisdom speaks. So the final hat is the facilitation hat where you might say, okay, so now we've had this conversation. What do we think we need to do next? Or... What might be um, our next steps in terms of making a decision on this? Can we already see, based on what's just come out, that there is a clear decision in front of us? Mm. Um, So just getting people to think about process, I guess. Um, So again, uninterrupted. You've got to be, as a facilitator, straight on anybody who says, well, that's not true. Stop. Stop. Let's just stick to giving out your information. Define and maintain the rules of the game. Exactly. That's your job. And then, like you said, with rounds, you are very quickly getting everything out on the table. Yeah. So to share an example, and I thought this was incredibly powerful. I worked with a COO team. This is years ago. 
and they were getting really tied up in meetings. They were spending all day in meetings. No decisions were being made. Like you say, that's a red warning flag. And I introduced Six Thinking Hats and we planned a five-year strategy in 35 minutes. Mm, I can imagine that. I really can imagine that. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Six Thinking Hats, we actually do have a couple of articles dotted about on the website. I will put some links in below, unless I forget, in which case, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, so many promises. Uh, so yeah, please avail yourself of, of the freebies on the website. Just go to the search box and type in Six Thinking Hats, and there, and there she blows. Um, shall we put a pin in that for today? Mm. I think this is going to be a lengthy one. It's also, for me... Knowing that this is kind of the last content podcast that we're doing, and then oh. our final one is a kind of review of the year and, and closing up, this actually feels like a really great final bit of content to have covered because it, it covers the core of what we're about. That's Actually, that's quite true. Um, yeah, The point. awareness, the listening, the getting the emotions out of the way to focus on the facts, that is at the core mm. of everything we do. Yeah. Awesome. So next month, as we say, we will be wrapping up, talking about, uh, as you may have just gathered, this is going to be our last podcast, our last ever Totem Talks is on the way, um, sharing reflections from the past two years and, uh, and closing up. Three years. Wow. Sharing our reflections for the last three years and closing up Totem Talks for bedtime. So we'll see you in December. Thank B you. Bye.